spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Boom! We are live. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Uh, glorious day here in the Motor City in Benzinga HQ. Uh, two people in the office right now because half our company is down in Miami for the, uh, the Psychedelics and Cannabis Capital Conference that starts today. Uh, but I'm trying to keep the energy up in the office. we got a lot to discuss today. we have earnings. We ha- we're going to talk video games. We're going to talk Natty Gas. We're going to talk uh, Netflix tonight. Uh, uh, Cast of the Sciences back in the news there. A lot to get to on the show. Tommy Lackey is today's guest, so you know what to do. Smash that like button, please. And uh, here we go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Let's bring on Dennis Dick and let's bring on Joel O'Connor live from his dining room today because he's got some construction going on down in the, in, in the man cave, in the trade cave there. But we got Joel. Man, oh, man. Am I, am I uh, any lag here? Because I'm, I'm on wireless. I'm you look good. You're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm nestled in here. Uh, Spencer will be running the charts today, so we'll see if he can get the right time frames. Uh, he shows the spiders. I show the spoos. And uh, we're up a buck and a quarter, 43.88, double close situation. Choppy action yesterday. Today, to me, that's a big day in the market. See if we can close above 4,400. Crude in the red by a buck 96, 105.65. Silver just down a couple pennies here at uh, twenty six fourteen. Still hanging in the twenty six handle. That's good. Uh, gold. What I have gold here. I got a got a new setup. I'm on my laptop and I see gold down three forty at nineteen eighty three. Bitcoin. How's Bitcoin doing today? Ah, that's flat. And Ethereum. What am I going to stop giving these uh, these cryptos? Ethereum's up thirty seven bucks. Anybody still care about them? Yes. The the world cares about them. 
Okay. Yes, yes, no, keep yeah. Going. There's there's three rules on Twitter. We'll just go through this. You can't talk negatively about crypto. You can't talk negatively about AMC, and you definitely cannot talk negatively about GameStop. And I learned that again the hard way. I had a fresh reminder. I've obviously been down this road before, but put out one tweet just saying that GameStop was potentially disconnected from fundamentals, and you do I got about two or three hundred tweets back at me. Um, Telling me that I'm an idiot. So, anyways, you know what though? It's all good. Everybody just say my analysis was poor. So maybe it was. So maybe there's a case here that's going to be a trillion dollar company, like my Twitter feed is telling me. But I'm sticking out of it. So sorry that I mentioned GameStop last night. Sorry to all the people out there who are involved in the stock. And obviously, that's um, just something you can't talk about. You know what? We'll call that uh, going forward a, a channel check. It, it's good to check on 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 the the uh the masses and see how they're doing you just poke you poke them with i did the, i gave a little poke you poke them with a stick every few they're alive and well you make sure they're awake and then you go back <laughs> to your business and then that's that they're um, alive and well joel alive joel, and well. joel can we add natural gas to your rundown here temporarily yeah yeah for I, sure. I would love to know about that it is down this morning uh i wasn't sure it would ever go down again yesterday morning but here we are I'll, I'll, I'll pull up the Natty Gas yeah. uh, NNG, and I, I just want to say that, you know, I'm surprised that um, all that stuff went on Twitter because there's no free speech on Twitter. All right. Zero. There's okay. no free speech on Twitter. People are not allowed to say things, Dennis. Did you uh, know that? Apparently no so. Put me in my place. Yeah, no free I gave speech. a negative opinion on a stock. No, you don't want to hear that. No uh, negative. Eight bucks. No negative. Um, I'm looking at the Natty gas chart here. It's down 0.422. That's a big move, down 5%. I just looked at this briefly yesterday, the rolling front month futures. Uh, eight bucks. It snuck over eight yesterday. Now it's quite a ways away, working on a pretty big red candle. So that's what I'm looking at if you trade in uh, NG or UNG or whatever. What What about that move yesterday, Dennis? You, uh, we didn't get the chance to really talk about it, but uh, what do you make of that? Uh, in, in in just a natural gas, whether you look at the futures oh, or you look at you know Chesapeake or or, or whatever. But uh, well, we've been exploding. Now we're going parabolic. So I mean, this is just going from commodity to commodity to commodity. It seems like I mean, you you think seasonality in play here that actually natural gas sells off in the spring because we're not using as yes. much natural gas because it's getting warmer out. That's not the case this season because it's just going from commodity to commodity to commodity. Obviously, stay with oil, and we saw you know different crops. Corn was a talk two days ago. Well, it's natural gas here. This well, it was yesterday before it's coming down here this morning. But I mean, this is just the market that we're in. It's the stuff market. What is working is commodities. What is working is physical stuff. What is not working is dreams and bells and whistles and stories. And I mean, this has continued to be the case for a long time now. 2022 is the year of stuff. Natural gas is stuff that heats your house. It's got a pure purpose. That is the stuff that continues to rally. But with that being said, a lot of these trades have really moved. I mean, here you got natural gas, UNG, look at it from 16 to 28 yesterday. I mean, it's up 80% in three weeks. It's a big move, so I can't chase it here. But if you're in it, I guess you figure out where you're stopping yourself out. Little pullback here this morning. Trend's still your friend, though. 
It, uh, we got snow here, Dennis. We uh, All right, we do it, up it, here it, too, yeah. and yeah. and we won't get away. I guess that's why UNG was uh, trading up yesterday in anticipation of the big snowstorm that was coming through. And I mean, is a is a doozy, I guess, in a certain certain areas there. So you think you're past winter, and then it comes back here once again, April nineteenth. I mean, you know, you start you getting concerned here. We start getting winter in May. I mean, up here, winter starts again in October, like June, July, August, no snow. This winter is starting to get long. Yeah, no kidding. Every year they get us with that one April storm. Uh, they got us yesterday. Let's move on away from that. Uh, I guess we're going to some earnings here. I want to start with the Johnson Johnson report. This is interesting. So the stock has already bounced back this morning. Uh, I didn't realize this, but um, the whole time that the company was reporting their COVID vaccine uh, sales figures, those, I, I guess, I, I don't know why I didn't know this, but the, those those sales, they, they were not material to the company. They're not for profit. They have no impact on the bottom line. So this morning, Johnson Johnson said, yeah, we're no longer providing COVID vaccine sales guidance because it was never for profit anyway. And we only did it because there was interest, there was public interest in knowing how many vaccines we were shipping but it doesn't impact our business in any, in any way, shape, or form. So they're not going to do that anymore. I didn't realize that was the case this entire time. I guess I should have. In any case, uh, their earnings per share came in above estimates. Their revenue came in a smidgen below the estimate, uh, and the stock has already dropped and recovered this morning. It's been a, a lot. A lot. It happen. got hit hard. I mean, who's hitting Johnson & Johnson that hard? The PE 16. I mean, it's been a safety trade for a long time now. Stock's holding up, and they knocked her down seven bucks at one time on this thing this morning, or at least six and a half. One seventy-one, Joel. Is that the low? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm going. Ooh, I just I'm on a, a different version of Trade Station, but I did find it in the nick of time. Not much traded down there at one seventy-one. Uh, but you know, after you got the pop, it started coming up. That one seventy-one. That's a ridiculous level. Where are we trading at? One seventy-seven. Yeah, Big right red up. candle yesterday. What was your your low from yesterday? I'd keep an eye on that. Oh, we're below. Uh, we're right there. Hold hold one seventy-six, seventy-four. Maybe I get a shot at the close at one seventy-seven, sixty-six. Uh, after that, um, next support comes in at uh, seventy-one, seventy-five. Let's call it. 56. That's the two levels. And then we'll see what happens at the close. Of course, uh, that will be your resistance now. 70 side. I did a tussle with this one on the way up with some puts and uh, they expired worthless, but that's okay. By the way, a, a quick aside, uh, speaking of COVID here, the, probably the big news of the day, at least in the U.S., nothing to do with the markets, is that the TSA has rescinded its mask mandate. Yeah. So everyone traveling in airports and airplanes and trains, no longer have to wear a mask. This is exciting news. I think every, I think everyone, maybe not, maybe not everyone, but most people are probably excited about this. I'm excited about this. Really? Yeah. I'm a, I'd still wear a mask. I'm wearing a mask. You wear a mask. Playing. That's the great thing. Yeah. You wear a mask for sure. If you want to wear a mask, go for it. Right? For no sure, man. I still wear the masks in the stores here in Ontario too. I mean, it's about half. They 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 got rid of the mask mandate in Ontario about 3 weeks ago. We had it on for over a year. You couldn't enter a public place without having a facial covering. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say half people are still wearing them. That's fine. So. Do you want to you know what? I you want to hear something that's really going to um going to piss people off? Uh-oh. 
I already triggered half the chat, so just go for it. You know, you know what, uh, you know what Lisa said about uh, the no mask mandate. Wait, what'd she say? It's like not wearing a seatbelt. Well, yeah, that's okay. always that's always been the analogy, right? It, yep, because you're because you're 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 not protecting yourself, right? And you're not protecting other people, right? Right. All right. Sorry. I, I, I know I, I took us off there, but I'm, I'm going to bring us back now. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just excited about that news. Let's move on here. Stick with the earnings for the moment. Then we'll move on to the other stuff to discuss today. Lockheed Martin uh, is trading down. Well, at least it was last I checked. Yeah, it's still down this morning on their report. Numbers out uh, a couple hours, about an hour ago now, or a little bit less. Uh, earnings per share above estimates, $6.44 versus a $6.21 estimate sales. Just oh, actually, I shouldn't say just missed. They missed by half a bill, uh, fifteen billion versus fifteen point five billion dollar estimate. Uh, they did reaffirm their guidance for the fiscal year. Earnings per share for the year in um, a little bit light. Sales came in uh, in line. So anyway, stock is down this morning. I mean, everybody's been hiding out in here. This is yeah. your worst stock. If escalation happens in Ukraine, which, you know, it seems, again, like I said, it's we're, we're becoming numb to the headlines. So, you know, it's obviously awful. People have been hiding in here, expecting more escalation. I, I think it's just going you know, to continue to trade off Ukraine more than anything. So you get the initial move, the sell-off here, but Ukraine's going to dictate this. I mean, if we get a, a ceasefire, which we still hope that is possible at some point in time, um, the stock sells off. If we get escalation where they start using like chemical weapons or something like that, stock's going to go up. So that's really a binary event right now for Lockheed Martin. It's escalation or de-escalation on the Ukraine front. And that's where Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, NOC, LHX, anyone I forgot? Uh, well, there was five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, LHX, NOC, uh, R RTX. RTX. And, yeah. and and maybe well, in, I think in, we got them in the, the past. Five. In the past, you would say Boeing, but you wouldn't say that now. Yeah, Boeing's not in there right now because yeah. obviously it's got it's other issues. So yeah, yeah. We uh, this is a you know a high price stock whips around pretty good. Twenty nine thousand shares have traded just on the fit just on the fifteen minute here in the pre market since it came out. There's someone there at 455. It's come down there in that area a couple times, 5489, 55 even. So, you know, it's not a not a huge level, but you know, someone out there in the pre-market maybe trying to lock in some gains, some from puts or something. So that's that's 455. And then on the dailies, and I think I discussed this yesterday. I mean, there's just a bunch of tops up here. You know, between, you know, uh, four, like right around 473, 474. And then the all time high is actually higher than that, 479.89. So it's trying to bust out. I think above 75 here, if that's a ways away, you're going to get to that all time high. But just a lot of daily highs there. Let's see if, uh, you know, with the report of Southern step down. Uh, that's what I'm looking at in LMT. Really hard to give you good support under that 455. Yeah. Uh, as far as big earnings reports for this morning, that was kind of it. I guess we could, we could go. Like, we, uh, you want to go to Halliburton or have, we can go to Halliburton. Yeah. Again, this moves just give us an end reason. Go yeah. ahead. 
uh, let's, let's go to your HAL here. There's a chart up on the screen. Earnings per share beat by a penny, 35 cents for 34 cents. Sales beat by a smidgen as well, uh, 4.28 versus $4.21 billion. Uh, stock is down, but it's been, I mean, it's it's oil, so it's been on a huge run this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And oil's down this morning. This is True. just going to move along with oil. Um, you, you got like different groups within oil. Halliburton, Schlumberger. BKR, EOIH runs those. But, you know, it all moves together to a certain extent. Um, but if you're looking at the groups, obviously, you know, you can group those stocks together. I've pair traded Slumberger, SLB, and HAL for 20 years. I mean, those just follow each other. The correlations are huge. So, I mean, Slumberger is obviously going to be down with Halliburton today, but it's more down just with oil. Oil's getting hit here this morning. So I got oil, all oil stocks taking a little bit on the chin. Uh, remember there that uh, after hours seller a while ago? Oh, like a couple years ago. Yeah, it yeah. was like every night, and I don't know who was just dumping stock, but every night somebody would come in and sell like a hundred thousand shares of Halliburton after hours and just knock it down until they got it. So they knock it down like literally two, three, four percent. It went on every night for like a month to the point where people were anticipating it, shorting it at the close. And then it would come in, and then you're covering it in, and then you're getting long. And just like no reason, oil's up, doesn't matter. We're just selling Halliburton every single night. Why they decided to, to do it after hours is beyond me because the liquidity is there to absorb 100,000 yeah, shares yeah. intraday. But for whatever reason, they decided they were getting better prices after hours, and they definitely weren't. And I was like, at a certain point, I, then I was started calling it the Halliburton money fairy. I was like, it's just dropping <laughs> money. I'm like, you know it's coming. I'm going to short it at the close. It's going to come in and sell. And then I'm going to just buy back my short and I'm going to go long and I'm going to try to get out on the close the next day. I mean, this went on for a month. I wish it would have went on forever, to be honest with you. It was a really good moneymaker for a lot of traders. I don't know who was just pissing the money away, the institutional trader that decided it was better to sell it after hours than to sell it intraday. But, you know, you see stuff like that happen every once in a while. Sometimes you can see, you know, even after hours, you can see different, you know, traders like obviously the liquidity drops substantially on every single stock and that's the one thing about trading after hours versus intraday in some stocks the liquidity is zero meaning there's no bids and no offers so if you want to get out of the stock you have to get out of the stock you can really move price like a couple hundred shares can knock the stock down a buck if there's no bids you know like you might have to move down to get there in some cases you won't even be able to get out at all so after hours a completely different animal but if you're trying to sell to your institutional traders out there, you're trying to sell 100,000 shares of Halliburton, do it in intraday or do it on the close. Don't do it after hours. All right. Let's see here. We're in the red. Uh, we are below yesterday's low. So if you want to, you know, look at, you know, got to hold the low. Uh, that was also the close uh, from Friday. Uh, resistance will, if we can get through there, you can rally 41.64 is the close. That's been the high close of the move too. So that's where people are marked. That's a good level. I take a look at that ahead of the high of the move at 42 and a quarter. <clears throat> um, on the downside, the pre, if you could see my pre-market chart, it's, uh, it's coinciding very nicely with the dailies, uh, two day low 39.87, but your three and four day low, boom, right there, just under 39.50. So if you're looking for more on the downside under the, uh, you know, under if they doesn't rally off the open, uh, 39.50. So 39.50, 41.64, uh, projected range in Halliburton. 
All right, let's move away from the earnings that I've already reported and look ahead to tonight here. we got a big one, and that is Netflix. Uh, They are coming off uh, a doozy of a report. Last time around, you can see the gap down on the chart. That gap right there was almost entirely due to Netflix lowering the bar for themselves this time around. So last quarter, they said, yeah, so going forward, we think we're only going to add two and a half million subscribers in the first quarter of 2022 that was well below where the street was looking at just under 4 million um so they they lowered the bar last time the thinking is you know they set the bar lower now can they clear that lower bar this time around uh is the question to put that two and a half million new subscriber number in context uh last quarter netflix gained eight million subscribers and they're saying, uh, we're, I'm sorry, two, two quarters ago. Two quarters ago, they gained 8 million subscribers. And now, for the quarter that they're about to report for, they had, they'd already projected 2.5 million new subs. So the growth rate uh, for subscribers wildly uneven right now. That's going to be the number in focus today is 2.5 million. Are we above that or are we, are we below that? We'll find out tonight. I don't know. 329 is the important level. I have a small position in this. I bought it almost the exact same time that Ackman bought it because I bought it and then two days later Ackman said he was in and it went obviously up 100 points from where I bought it because Ackman had bought it. I guess I should have sold it because it's come all the way back down and now I'm actually down in the position, which is, you know, that's par for 2022. You buy something, hold it for more than a month, you end up being down in it. Um, NFLX, I, I don't know. I'm sticking with it. I stuck a half-size position in my long-term retirement account because I thought the valuation wasn't nuts anymore, and I still think Netflix isn't going to go away. But this isn't the the, the time and place to buy valuations that just aren't nuts. you got to buy cheaper stocks. So I'm not in love with this, but i got to have some type of, you know, growthy stock still in there. I still think there's growth there. I can't go 100% cash. It ain't this one, though. I don't think it. Well, it got pulled forward, Spencer. So you got to forget about the Netflix bubble. But is there still a path there? I mean, you can go like this, and then you got the bubble from COVID, and then it's come back down. So you can say it's declining from where the COVID bubble. But there's still an overall trend here. That's your friend in overall growth. Does Netflix continue to grow over the course of 10 years from now? I think so. But is it, you know, at, at a point where it's cheap enough for this market? I don't know. I, I will add this on Netflix. Sorry, Joel. There's a couple gotcha. wild. Card, there's a couple wild cards here, right? Like we always talk about, like there are things that new things that companies can do that would maybe change the equation a little bit. If Netflix were to offer a free ad-supported tier, kind of like uh, what, uh, what what Roku does with, with with their thing, that's a game changer. If big if, I have no idea if they would do that, but if they did, that would dramatically increase the size of the pie uh, for Netflix. Big if, though. That's if the they did pie. what? If they announced a free tier that's supported by ads. So they put they bring ads onto the platform, and it's free. Or not even free. They just charge you less money for it. Like, they charge you four bucks a month, and then you, you have to pay for ads. Yeah, ad support. Right? Yeah. Do you really think it's cost prohibitive, though, in this case? And here here's my question. Like, do you think people are just you know, that cheap, they're willing to pay four bucks a month, but they're not willing to pay 14 bucks a month. I, I mean, streaming costs add up. Okay. They, they don't add up really to your cable bill though. Like I'm streaming Netflix, I'm streaming Disney plus, and it's like 25 bucks a month. 
and you know the old cable bills were 70 or 80 dollars a month i mean you get the hbo wow. you could get them all and still be cheaper than your cable bill you really cool. could as one person that was paying over a hundred dollars in yeah. streaming fees and now i'm paying streaming fees holy well, holy man what were you streaming over there everything i mean TV i had stuff, I tv <laughs> i had movies i had uh pretty much anything premium i had it for a little while in the summer Boy. now cut it all well that's cut it all. so what are you watching then uh just netflix that's the only thing i got left just netflix. oh and one dollar a month hulu i'll take it nice um, no, but Hulu does this as well. Thanks, Popcorn. Hulu does this where you can pay like a lot less money for Hulu. What is it, like four or five bucks a month? And you you, you get ads with that. But um, yeah, I think the couple of dollars, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it, but, but it, it could be a game changer. I think a lot of people are willing to pay a, lot, a little bit less money, save a few bucks a year. Um, and if so, if they stomach a few ads here and there, big, big, well, I'll say, um, I am not confident in my Netflix position at all. So don't buy this one just cause I'm buying it. Yeah. Um, I just thought it had gotten cheap enough that I wanted a piece of it. That's a stock I wanted for a long time, but I, I, I think I'm early on it. I think it probably continues to go lower. So it's the, a small, like it's literally like it's a very small position. The expected zero zero one percent of my net worth or something. It's small. The so expected expected move. I intend to add to it eventually. Thirty five bucks is your expected move. Yeah. Uh just hanging out at the lows of the move. I mean, that is not a good thing. So I think even on a pop, it gets sold. You know, a good number it gets sold, and if it uh, bad number, they tatter it. As far as uh, Give me a green monthly candle, and then we'll we'll talk about buying this stock again. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's hands off. I mean, ever since uh, House of Cards, I mean, it's been pretty much uh, downhill. Uh, it's all Kevin Spacey's fault. Yeah. Come on, there's so much I more. So don't even bring it up because I was the biggest Kevin Spacey all fan. Right. And this all stuff happened, and I was like, I feel like the victim here from Kevin Spacey's. You know, no, you don't. Life. No, you don't. I do because I enjoyed him no, so much as an actor. Dennis, oh my! House God. of Cards was absolutely ruined, Joel. In that last year, Kevin Spacey. I know. I know. I know. But I get it. I mean, you know, I get it. So that's terrible. All right, all right. I will say there is more. That that was a pretty bad take, and there's well a lot more to Netflix and House of Cards. There's, there's we're all about bad takes. There, there's a lot of good shows on there. Yeah, uh, especially on not, GameStop. Not that I'm watching any of them right now, but. uh um anyway formula one's on ozark's there. good i, I, I love ozark it. okay uh ozark comes back in a couple weeks um all right uh ibm is also tonight let's look at that one uh ibm let's bring up the chart oh, itsy man. bitsy machinery uh did not get a big move off that uh that upgrade to say oh well you know if you want kind of want to own yeah. stock in a in a crazy environment uh so it had those gains it, it fell back um, I'd say minor support. I like this 123, 124 area. Um, if it disappoints, looks like you got some support. I don't know. Just been going nowhere for a hundred years. So I don't know how to predict it. You know, if it you gets think a pop, it kickstarted a bet, Joel, like an upgrade like that. And it didn't even last for a day. It's just this market that we're in. Unless you're a commodity, you just don't seem to hold the gains. And even though IBM is a cash cow, even though IBM, you know, is a more conservative play, even though it's probably a defensive issue, so I probably agree with the Morgan. I think it was Morgan Stanley that upgraded. Yeah, it's just it was Morgan. There, 
every single pop on a non-commodity stock seems to get sold. So I have, you know, it's a tough market to just like buy something and hold for even more than a couple of days because this market just takes the gains back. Well, I mean, on the plus side, it's not at the lows. It's not going up, but it ain't going down either. It's it's, it was disappointing that it didn't hold that, though. Very disappointing. All right, all right, fine, fine, fine. I'm just saying there are probably worse things to own. Than I thought it could hold up for a couple of days at least. It couldn't even hold. It was a little bit. Uh, it was a little market action too, Dennis. It was Thursday. It's all market action, Joel. This is all market action. I mean, we continue to show weakness. We we were up all night. Well, what happened in the S and P's? We were up 15, 16 handles. And then, boom, they pull the rug out, and we yeah. end up we're red. Like, we'll, like we'll bring up the S&Ps from last night. We were up most yeah. of the night. He can't. Can you bring up well, the I, I, No, I'm not, I'm not going to bring up the futures on here, but I, I've, I've got the SPY, which is what Dennis looks at anyway. But we, Well, they, the futures were up last night. But, yeah, we were up you, last you night. The SPY was up last night, too. I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, but you only got you do have that gap from eight to four where you don't see SPY trading, which is obviously sort of – Wait, look, should I, uh, should I see if um... – if I can uh, sh- share my charts, how bad it looks. Uh, let's let's find out. Okay. Oh wait, is this a temporary thing? Are Are you going to be back tomorrow? Do you know? I I, I don't. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, cool. we're gonna uh, see if I go to Yardstream. That's it. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see how this works. Uh, and then after after we do this, I, I do want to head on over. Speaking of um, uh, uh, rate of, of upgrades, there's sure. a, some influential analyst commentary this morning that I want to get to. But first, okay. of all, I'm I'm curious if uh, if Joel's able to bring up his charts or not. Um, what's the, while he's bringing up the charts? What's what's yeah? I, I think the biggest one is yeah. Is, it's no, no Joel. Not not having it. Uh, this note from Goldman Sachs. Uh, nah, it's just kind of knocking up, knocking up. That's on me. fine. All right, we, we got charts. We're good. Also, Joel's video just froze, but okay. we still hear him. Uh, this this Goldman Sachs note is influential uh, on the video games. So they they came out. They were bearish. Uh, unclear to me if if it was a, a new rating or if it was just an uh, initiation or or what, but uh, or just a downgrade. But they down. I guess it was a downgrade. They downgraded Roblox. Uh, to neutral, lower their pr- their price target was way out to lunch, so they're playing catch up on that, going to fifty dollars there, uh, and we just I think we just lost Joel actually. Uh, but down down uh, negative on Roblox, negative on uh, EA and Playtica and Ubisoft. Uh, so just broadly speaking, a negative note on vi- on the video game space today. Goldman Sachs. That's why all the video stuff's all been hammered. Yeah, I mean they're they're joint. Are they late to the party here? Yes. Yeah, they're late. I don't know. Roblox, you got to hold the you got to hold the March lows, thirty six bucks. That's your level, and that's obviously not going to get challenged today. It's still a ways down from here. But I mean that if you're making a bull thesis that you think it's got to hold those lows, because when stocks are making new lows, especially new all time lows, you've got to go. You cannot hold stocks. This is my opinion, but this is from twenty two years of experience. You cannot be long stocks making new all-time lows because it's just death by a thousand cuts, and that is in any market. You don't want to be long stocks making new all-time lows. Roblox is not the new the all-time low is thirty-six oh four. So I'm saying if you're buying it here, it's got to hold that level. So you do have an out, but it starts cutting through thirty-six in the next you know week or two or whenever for whatever reason. You say okay, I was wrong, and get the hell out. EA. There's some value here. I've actually played this a couple times from the $100 area. 
Um, it's been a while since it's been down here, but um, I took it to 100 to 140, I think, twice. Um, am I going to do it again if it comes back to 100? I might. But again, we're in such a tough, tough environment. It's like to make money on the long side has been really difficult. I'm making all my money doing herb, like basically, yeah. you know, short, long, short, long, typical hedge fund stuff. Yeah. Just flat out directionally betting long. I'm losing money on every time I try to take a bet directionally long. Unless it's a commodity, it seems like it's a really tough play. So I know people are enticed to say, oh, Goldman often, you know, maybe they're late to the party and I'm going to come in and buy Roblox now. But just seems like there's just so much overhead supply. These stocks just continue to weaken. I mean, everybody chasing ARKK two weeks ago and it's right back down here near the lows again. It just slowly, death by a thousand cuts continues. Um, wait, on the Roblox thing, this is interesting. So Goldman specifically cited an aging user base. Do you know how old the average age of a Roblox user is? It's like 11 years old, something like that. Or like 9 to 12 is like is like the range. Or uh, And so Goldman's saying that they're all aging out. All these kids that have been playing Roblox for the last few years are aging out of Roblox onto other things, which is like... Yeah, I'm not sure. Crazy, that's... crazy to me. Crazy <clears throat> to me. If you can have an average user age of uh, 11 years old, and 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 yet they're they're concerned about users aging out, which I find wild. So anyway, uh, whole space will trade down today on this note, even if they had nothing to do with it. So ATVI. Oh, ATVI is actually whoa. I well, that's got to take. That's oh, getting taken over. All right, all right. fair enough. Uh, take two. Take two is right. Take two has come down a long ways. Yeah. I sold half my take two at 168. I wish I would have sold the whole thing. I bought this at 105 bucks before the pandemic. I was like, I'll hold a half of it. Shouldn't have, should have sold it all. You're thinking about selling, sell it. So, anyways, on pops, I might try to get out of some of my take two, but all right. it's uh, it's a pretty it's the only game where I've got left. I had obviously Zynga, got bought out. I had Glue Mobile, got yeah. bought out. I've had take two, it's been a good one. I sold my EA at 140. Um, take two, I'm looking at here, 135 now. I bought it like 105. I've given back way over half the game. Take your money and run when you got the chance. Yeah, and then I want to bring up this play ticket chart because this one after the, pick too. after the uh, the, the Zynga uh, act takeover a few months ago, this one popped. It wasn't just Pactor. There was there was some other speculation uh, that play ticket could be the next company to get to get acquired i think the company themselves actually said that they will explore that they did they said they'll explore strategic alternatives that was at the end of february and so that was that was that pop right there yeah um we're actually not that far off that although we're down this morning yeah but we're not that far off that pop though that, that's how, that's where we got to 20 is like massive resistance yeah, though I mean, so yeah, i mean a yeah. stock comes in play stock is taken over technicals don't matter but yeah. I'll just say from a technical perspective, it looks like it's failed up here 20 multiple times. Now you get yeah. the downgrade from Goldman. That's not good news. So does this have a date with where it came from at 16 eventually? It could. So obviously, you know, I don't know if it's in play. I don't know if there's other people searching out there for other video gamers right now. It's possible, but technically this doesn't look healthy. Yeah. All right. Um, let's bring on today's guest. Uh, Tommy Lackey is a managing partner and the portfolio manager at Relativity Capital Advisors. He's always coming to us with a heat map on his favorite and least favorite sectors 
and then sub-industries within that. Uh, he's always watching for relative strength and relative weakness. Where is the money going or rotating right now? Let's find out. Tommy Lackey, good morning, sir. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are we doing? Doing great. Doing great. I've uh, been listening in a little bit. I'm not sure it might be time to buy video games if Dennis has sold all his. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. But, you know, but unfortunately not as much you, Dennis, as, as it is the Goldman call. You and I both know oftentimes they can come near a turning point as well. Yeah. Um, so as bad as, like you said, these areas have been beat up pretty well for quite a while now. Um, they really started moving a little bit last few weeks off the lows, and they were one of the better movers off the lows. So depending on how much they pull back here with the rest, they're actually showing some relative strength as a communication services as a whole with the media kind of stepping up in there as well. So I don't like them. I agree with you. They're ugly charts, but it's always interesting to kind of keep an eye once you start getting things like the, the great analyst downgrades. I could get talked back into my EA. I've been in it a couple of times. I'd love it back down at 100, 105 bucks. I don't know. Does it get there though, Tommy, or I got to strike I, sooner than that? You know, I'm not going to, I'm not sure about that yet. I mean, at this point, I think that it comes down to where these overall markets go. Like you were saying, a lot of this is market driven. And if we do fall off a cliff here, then we're going to, they're going to go with it for a while. You know, it just may be the area that has a very quick, you know, final washout and then reversal now that everybody's pretty much thrown in the towel on them. Um, as far as the Ubisoft and, and Roblox, I'm not quite sure about those as much yet, but I agree with you, Spencer. An 11 and 12 year old doesn't seem to be aged out to me. I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a red flag if you, if, you if your entire user base is 10 years old and and, and lower. Then um, yeah, and and that's aging out. That's a bit right, uh, that right. is a bit tough. But yeah, I mean, really, I wrote yesterday in the report I put out on power investing is that it's just a matter of right now. You got to continue to go go with what's working, and that's just straight up the commodity plays. Metals and energy have been the entire story, and then you have a little bit of consumer staples and utilities uh, creeping in there, just because of the concern that's coming along with that. And so, but they're not nearly showing the actual absolute performance you're seeing from just your basic commodity-based scenarios. Um, so, I think that's something. Even just the last week, I was showing a. I, I looked back over energy and materials just because they're about to break out again from smaller patterns. Energy did last year, last week and materials is doing it right here from smaller patterns. So even with the big runs that they have, they're still technically set up to continue to move. They're not showing us any reason not to like them. And so with that, there's no real reason to try to fight the tide in a technology or in a communication services or in even consumer discretionary uh, until they give us a little better better footing. And that's something I think that a lot of people are going to miss is that energy is still only about 4% of the S&P 500. So it can continue to run for quite a while while the markets are dropping. Uh, Tommy, I, I want to bring up your chart here, but you have to zoom in for us because it's a little bit hard to see. Okay. Uh, what, so where exactly, so I, I guess aside from energy here, what, what, what jumps out to you? Let me see if I can zoom in on this real yeah, quick. It's a little bit difficult. Here, I can also I can also yeah, go better. here. That's a, little, that's a little better. All right, let's try there. Okay. Right, basically, what this is this is just off the Power Investing website, and this is my equal weight sectors and how they're ranked. I mean, yesterday again, our only positive sector was energy as a whole, 
And again, this has a lot of smaller names as well, but then your two behind, right behind it, there were roughly flat materials and then consumer staples just probably negative. You know, you took hits in your technology, communication services, healthcare, your bigger sectors that are going to have the largest weights in the uh, in the indexes. Now, I'm going to pull this down to the next one, which is, like you said, the sub industries or as I call them, subsectors here. And again, your leaders are all still going to be in your energy spaces. Yeah. Um, a lot of times what I tend to do, though, once we get to this point in the move is I'll go over here and sort it by the movers. And not really look at the leaders, but look at what's moving the most in relative strength points. And the one that jumped out at me this week and again, wrote about it was retail. It's kind of interesting to go in and look at some of these retail names, um, even though it's relative strengths only in the midway, but it's come up off the lows inside the worst sector we see. And I'll tell you, there are some decent charts in there that are trying to base. They haven't turned up yet, but they're trying to base while we're continuing to see things like technology pull back harder. Uh, and by the way, this is Tommy's site. It's powerinvesting.com. I'll put the link up on the screen right nice. now for you guys. Yeah, I'm supposed to have it out, and it was supposed to already be out for subscription and all that, but I'm way too picky, and so I just haven't been able to get it right where I want it. So it, it should be soon. Anybody can go and use it right now. It's fully open. You can explore. You can do whatever you want in it. It gives you a really good feel for, you know, really where is the money rotating to? I mean, you get the big picture here and, and it makes sense. I mean, when you think about, you know, rising interest rates, you think about the consumer getting stretched, the consumer discretionary is not going to perform as well in this environment. And obviously we know, you, 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 utilities has been a hiding place for a while. Consumer staples is going to do better. And all of this kind of makes sense. But what do you see like projecting going forward? Like, do we think well, like these trends continue or well, is there a reversal in play here at some point in time? I think for the past week, week and a half, we've really been at a juncture that we just have to work through before we can make any big bets. I mean, sure, technology's pulled back, still at a higher low at this point. Um, consumer discretionary has actually looked a little bit better. I don't know that it's going to be zoomed in. It might be. Yeah. Has actually, I mean, even though it's down here and it's still in a downtrend as far as the chart, it's actually RSI has tried to hold up here over this 40 level in my equal weight. And I've seen some of these internal sectors, like I mentioned, retail, and it should pull up pretty quick. Wow. that I've never had it zoomed in this much, but notice how retail has been flattening now for a month and a half. Okay, so retail as a whole, while you would think consumer discretionary is, is, is performing very poorly in this time frame, has actually been moving more sideways than trying to pull back. And actually, during the last two weeks, as we've seen the rest of the markets pull back, it's actually moved higher. So again, not sure whether that's going to hold or not, but this is an area that I think we're really just stuck in the mud right now to where the pullback could still turn into on like the QQQs or the SPY an inverse head and shoulders, and we could see another leg that tries to challenge closer to the highs. I'm not sure we're making new highs too soon, but I'm also not convinced yet that the correction part or the pullback part is a retracement of the downside move is over. We just have a little bit more to prove, but I'll tell you the last few days, it's been tough to keep that mindset because it just feels like the weight of the world is on these markets right now. Uh, Tommy, it would be curious to, for you to pull up uh, industrials okay. can, and take a look at that for us. All right. It's going to take me just half a second. But what you can do is you can go in any of these that I have and you can just click on the links. 
it'll take you to my industrial page. Again, it's a ton of data, guys, so it takes a second for it to load. Okay. Um, I know I say that every time we're on here. Uh, but industrials is actually, it pulled back pretty heavily last week, but overall as a sector, it's held up pretty well. Um, and then of course your aerospace and defense has been your leader there. Uh, one thing that has, uh, held up in there as well as industrial goods transports was helping for a while. Um, but what happened obviously in the last couple of weeks with transports, just really getting their legs taken out. You can see industrials here on this particular chart of mine. My relative strength calculations are here up top, and you can see that they kind of bottomed and are starting to roll back up just a little bit. The RSI came right back down to a 40 level after going into above 60, which is a bull range. And I'll pull us down. I know this isn't fun to see me pull across these screens. I have breadth on here and every, everything else, relative comparatives. But if I come down here, I have all of the subsectors inside industrials here ranked. And as you can see, Aerospace and defense is our leader, and actually consumer and professional services is one that I have uh, been watching here for a few weeks because it has been moving its way up for almost a month. And while it's not, it's still in negative territory, again, same thing, it's a one-click scenario, and we move over and take a look at that particular subsector, um, taking a second on that. It's going to give you the same looks. I So many... Charting websites, in my opinion, have so much noise on them. I wanted a very clean flow that was very focused on relative strength and to give you the same thing that you can review and get used to and then be able to narrow down really quickly. I'm not going to wait for these charts. I'm going to pull down to the bottom because I mentioned this sector. And down at the bottom, we have a relative strength ranking of every stock that's in it, how they've been performing versus all the other stocks in this subsector. And then we can basically just start going through and finding the top relative strength charts. If you're a TradingView member, it's going to move you right into your TradingView account when you click on those. If you're not a member, it's going to give you a basic chart. Do you um, find that the stocks that have the good relative strength are the ones that continue to perform? Or... It depends on where we are. Again, yeah. mention that this week. That's a great question, Dennis. And what I try to tell people is, is that if you're looking at a strong sector like industrial metals or things like that, you want to go over there to the right of that table. Sorry, I guess it just died on me, the table. Um, you're going to go over there to the right of that table, and you're going to look at what's called the RS movers and sort it by the RS movers, which is anything that's moved more than five, uh, more than 20 RS points over the last five days over here on the right side of this chart. And then basically, but and that's if you're in a strong sector. If you're in a weak sector, like if we're looking at consumer discretionary that's been beat up for a long time and it's just now starting to show some strength, then yes, we're going to be looking at the stronger relative strength uh, names within that weaker sector. Those are the names that are turning first. But if you're going with current strength, like precious metals, industrial metals, energy, you want to be looking at the what are called the RS movers, not necessarily the top relative strength. But some of those top relative strength names have already ran 50 and 100% by the time you go there. So you're going to be looking in the middle of this list. In fact, sometimes I'll even literally just pull down to the middle of the list and say, okay, what's from 50 to 70? Because that tells me that I just kind of see where the charts are moving. But I like to see like this right here. It's moved up 20 points over the last week. It's at a 58. That's CVLT. 
It just basically gives me the ability to quickly jump in, take a look at this chart and says, okay, does this chart set up the way I want it to or yeah. not? Yeah. And basically that's the whole, and see like this right here, you pulled right up. We're flagging right below this volume area. You know, a break over 17 would be a potential nice move here out of a, out of a nice chart pattern on the daily. So that's just what you're looking for. And it just gives you that opportunity to, to move through quick in the areas um, I did before I got y'all on here. And this is the, another thing that got me into retail and some things like that. Looking at today is underneath the universe tab, I have this power universe relative strength rankings, which is every stock in the universe ranked against each other. And I do the same thing. We've got it. We've got it zoomed way in right now so we can see those other charts. But I just go over here and sort it by the RS movers and start working my way down the list to see names that I know that are moving because it just shows what's moving different than everything else. And then your chart tells you what you might want to, you know, look yeah. further at. One chart here I pulled up this morning looking at this was Shoe, Steve Madden. Oh, yeah. Again, this chart isn't turned yet. It does have earnings coming up, so keep your eye on that. But look right here at this nice basing action. We're moving back over the MA bands, and we're about to move into an RSI bull range if we can get an extension above this 4150 area. Hey Tommy, I'm just uh, hopping in here. Uh, kind of, I've been kind of in a permanent fast market over here today. But uh, I just did. Um, did you talk to broad market at all here? Just how you feeling? You know the yeah, S and P's. Yeah, the the warm and fuzzy feeling. No, I mean the broad market right now to me looks like it's really pressing to try to break down from where we are. But if you look at those daily charts, we're still in potential inverse head and shoulders, and they have not been negated. So if we can get a right shoulder building, I mean, and again, it also often happens when we're all most negative. But right now, yeah, it does not look good. And the daily action over the last three or four days has just been tough. Every time it feels like you get a little bit of footing, all of a sudden you, you slip off a ledge again. And we end up with a bearish engulfing the next day or something like that. So, so we're not seeing the actual price action you need to see to make a turn yet. That's what I was basically writing this weekend but we also haven't completely fallen over that ledge yet. We're just in this no man's land that's that's about as miserable as can be. Uh, Tommy Lackey uh, is from Relativity Capital Advisors. The site he was just on is power-investing.com. The link is on the screen. He's building it himself. He's bootstrapping it. There's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, Tommy, every time you come on, the site gets better and better and better. Um, so uh, great job with that. Thank you for coming on as always. It's always great to hear from you. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Always fun. Appreciate you Thanks, having Tommy. me. All right. Uh, we got a couple other things here we got to get to before the, the end of the show. I want to talk Sava quickly. Um, we haven't talked about this stock in quite a while. but uh, it's, I, it's 20 bucks. Like, I haven't looked at this stock in a long time. It was 40 uh, last time I looked at it. It just shows you. And like, I mean, this is the market where you don't look at a stock for a little bit. And if it was, like, not making money, growthy, you know, speculative type of name, it goes lower. I mean, yeah. and this well, is this is a poster child for this market. Well, the the, the news here today is uh, an article from the New York Times that uh, a couple of the medical journals that 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 printed uh, the the original uh, study are, are are questioning that outside. This is the Alzheimer's study from what last summer, right? And 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 they're questioning that study now. So. Uh, it has come all the way back. This thing got as high as 146. It's come all the way back now, 
almost, not quite, but almost to where it started. Uh, th- this whole hullabaloo started in February of last year. Um, actually, yeah, we've come all, almost all the way back to that. So, wow. uh, round tripper, if you yeah, have- we uh, I remember uh, uh, Alan, uh, Alan Moore in the chat, who also sent me a very nice picture of uh, Vladi Konstantinov. Uh, we were he was tussling, you know, tussling with this one, yeah. and. I I was nervous and and he was trading it. I mean, that was back when it was I went to that 130, 140, and uh boy, I took my eye off it and now uh, here it is. It, it, Dennis, this is actually tri- this is well off the pre-market low, believe it or not. Wow, they they knocked this thing down to uh 1850 is actually the pre-market low. So it's actually had a little bit of a rally. Wow, tough stock, tough share, tough yeah. stock. Stocks fifty-two-week low here. Tough to yeah. just say this yeah. is a turnaround anytime Next. soon. All right, if you go to the movers tool Benzinger Pro, you would see uh, one of the top gainers today. Uh, we have a takeover. Uh, ACC, uh, BlackRock. Uh, I'm sorry, Blackstone. I was confused too. Blackstone, yeah, Blackstone is just going to uh, buy up all the real estate. In the country, I'm convinced. Black, uh, BlackRock buying American Campus this morning. Uh, that, that, that news is out. So 65.47 uh, is the price, and it's yeah, 65.47 is at 64.75 yeah. right now. Nice premium for a REIT for sure, which is unusual. Uh, but there you go. Look, look, look at that chart. Wow, college campuses. Yeah, they've been. Uh, yeah, I mean, if this is one where you just, you know, you think about, uh, you know, just logical. I mean, obviously with COVID, it, you know, they got through it, but they're at all the big universities and uh, cash cow. Uh, you know, a little bit. It's not pre nice premium for a REIT. What did you say that the, the cash price was? Sixty five forty seven. Sixty five forty seven. Do we have who else falls in? Really, I mean, there's a lot of REITs there. Oh, so uh, many REITs. I don't yeah, know if the campus colleges specifically here, but I mean, I don't know if they're going to start coming up and scooping up REITs here. The, well, the REITs I, are, really I, aren't I, that cheap. I, I went to the Piers tab in Benzinger Pro, and here's what I found. Uh, again, there's a gajillion REITs though. So those are your big ones. These are well, some of the, some of these are bigger than others, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, top of my head, I couldn't tell you what other college campus REITs there are um, that out there. I'm sure there are some, but sort of a niche space within within real estate. That's you, you. There's so a hundred of these things to try to guess which one might be the next takeout candidate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like there's like five in the group, and you know, you're gonna go, okay, well, this one's gonna get scooped up now. It's tough, tough. Yeah, to just buy these on the potential that you know they're all going to get acquired here all right silly me you forgot to mention jb hunt they had earnings all the way all the way back in last night it was so long ago i forgot about it um the earnings came in above estimates the sales came in above estimates the stock is up this morning i was wondering what what they would say i um i i don't think they said anything too alarming uh just within the context of the past couple of weeks though but it was a good. Looks like it was a good report. We we talked about this one on the uh, yeah. at the close show. Spencer, you got the daily up there. I hope. Yeah, yep. I, do. I do. Um, you know, it did. It did get that spike to one eighty, and man, anyone with short term profits are out there. Uh, but you got a you got a nice setup here, and um, I'm just gonna call it one seventy five because I'm going back here to two, four, six, seven, seven, eight sessions. You had like five out of eight highs, and it just. That's the level. Like if you're looking for this thing to, you know, to get out of this ugly uh, sell-off that it had, 
boom, bust through 175, go 175 bid, and then you can take your daily highs. The longer this thing's to, to clear 175, man, I don't know. I think you'll find buyers on a pullback, but um, man, oh, man, you know, just because it, you know, it looks like you're coming off the low. But that 175, that, that I'm going to make 175 a five-star. This is the problem is that there is so many. You don't want to talk about bag holders, but these are <laughs> recent bag holders. These are people who were in these stocks three, four weeks ago, and J.B. Hunt was an, at an all-time high. high. And now all of a sudden, you're a month later, and the thing got slaughtered, and you're like, oh, man, I just want to get my money back. There is going to be just willing sellers all the way up, which makes the path of least resistance actually down. So I don't even care what the report is. It's going to have a hard time getting up there through 175, 180. Well, look at 185, Dennis. Over the place. 185, 190, Joel. You just have all these people that are bag holding this stock. I, I honestly think if we go into a recession, the stock could see like 140. Honestly. That's scary thought. That does, it's so hard to, to, it's to so go hard back to turn through those stories candles. around. Look at yeah. this. I mean, you had one, two, three, four, five. Six months of gains wiped out in two weeks. And, and, Six and three, months of gains. In three days. Well, yeah, really, the bulk it really of it. was like in three days. Yeah. I mean, UPS, same chart, not as extreme. FedEx, similar chart. FedEx just hanging here above 200. Oh, Is the stock cheap? Yeah, it's cheap. But you know what? You've been hanging out here into the lows so much. FedEx, actually, it's sad to say, but sets up as a good short. If you can get it trading through the 197, 198, like making new lows on the move, that thing could be like 180. So, you know, maybe you don't strike yet, but you start taking out the lows, 199, 198, the thing could be down to 190, 185 very quickly here. So obviously market dependent, obviously, you know, that's the biggest driver here. But when you look at these charts, none of them look healthy. Uh, I'm just looking at FedEx's uh, forward PE right now. FedEx's forward PE is Whoa. is it's I it's it's yeah it's below ten. It's I nine point eight. It's right where it was in July of 2020. And this is it. Like and you and people and I do myself find myself you get attractive. You're like it's so cheap. Yeah. You know Karen Feinerman style. You know how can you you know really go wrong? You buy cheap stocks in the long run. You know it probably works, but. Short run, just think about this. If a PE goes from 10 to 9, even if the earnings stay stable, you lose 10% of your money. So that's the one thing about, you know, PEs. They're like, oh, the PE is 7. When it goes to 6, you lose like 17% of your money on that case. I mean, it's such, you know, when you go from a PE of 29 to 28, the stock doesn't go down that much. You go to a PE of 10 to 9 or 10 to 8. And if we start seeing, uh, you know, a recession here, people are buying less stuff, less deliveries and earnings start going down, that's where you get into trouble. Is the stock cheap? Absolutely. But this is, again, showing you that this market is seriously concerned about a recession. Uh, you know who made an excellent point about this? Uh, it was when we had um, Stephanie Link on. Stephanie's and, awesome. uh, she, she said, you know what, because uh, we talked about this stock, and she goes, look where this thing was in, in late 2017. Okay. You know, 180, 200. So yeah, it's we've just, come a long ways. Yeah. FedEx has never had like this market multiple of you know twenty times earnings. It's no. always had a lower multiple. I had it from a hundred bucks in my long term portfolio. I sold it two forty. Then it went to three hundred. I was like, wow, I screwed up. Now it's back here at two hundred. Would I buy FedEx on a hundred dollars? Absolutely. We're a long ways away from a hundred bucks. Yeah.
All right, uh, guys, that's where we got to wrap the show today because the Benzinga, uh, I guess, psychedelic capital conference is today. It's day one of three down in Miami. The cannabis conference is tomorrow and Thursday, but the psychedelics portion of the conference is today. People like Kevin O'Leary, um, uh, uh, Daniel Carlson, if, if, if you're a hockey fan, will be there as well. Uh, former NHL player. Who's, uh, who's that? Player? Daniel Carlson. Uh, remember him from uh, – wait, is that his name? Did, did I get that right? I think you got it wrong. No. Um, uh, well, I, know, I know. It's uh, – where's the that. link? Yeah, don't don't bring out don't get a hockey player's name wrong. No, I gotta take offense to that. No, I, I like know. my hockey. Uh sorry, Daniel Carcillo. That's what I meant to say. Daniel Carcillo. I, I said better. Carlson, I meant Carcillo. That That's going better. live They're right now him. from Miami, from the Fountain Blue Hotel. Uh, so we're gonna end the show here, redirect you over to that. Uh, we will still be doing at the close today at 3 30. Um, and we're still doing the roadmap today, but uh, cannabis psychedelics is the theme the next few days. So thank you. To- yeah, no, no pre-market prep plus here. I have not I don't think my my laptop has the juice to run my YouTube, but uh, I, I mean- I'll see if I can fire it up and uh we'll see what's going on for tomorrow. But construction guys are here, so it's going to be a fun day. I'll Joel's check in with you guys later on. Joel's, Joel's got to save his basement. We got to go. Smash that like button, please. Thanks to Tommy Lackey. Thanks to all of you in the chat watching us on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, wherever you're watching. Uh, and uh, sending you over to Miami right now for day one of three of our Psychedelics and Cannabis Capital Conference. Big, big guests there today. And uh, have a great rest of your day, everyone. Good luck at the Open. I will see you later for At the Close at 3.30 Eastern Time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.